Well, I like drinking beer and I like talking hockey when I get to do both. I feel pretty lucky. Whoa, let's get hocked up. All right, folks. Whoa, that's coming out fast. Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Pucked Up. I'm your host, Robin Coymans. I am here in Yellowknife trying to control the pour of a beer that I brought all the way back from Saskatoon called Better Brother Brewing West Coast IPA. It's a strong beer at 7%, packs a wall up. I remember it being tasty. Hopefully that is still the case. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Wyatt. Wyatt, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Ah, uh, doing great. Celebrating a big Jets victory because you can bank it right now, up 4-1 in the third. No one's ever come back from a three-goal deficit. So, uh, yeah, celebrating with uh, uh, another Saskatoon beer, a little electric oh, wow. cherry sour from Paddockwood Brewing, uh, because we're going to talk about some sour teams today, and so <laughs> might as well get ready for that. Yeah, so uh, in honor of the sourest of them all, the San Jose Sharks, Wyatt <laughs> and I have dressed for the occasion. We're each sporting our, our jerseys of better times in San Jose. Um, Wyatt also astutely repping Jumbo Joe Thornton's jersey not long after he announced his official retirement. Woo! So, yeah, just a shout out to, to Big Joe there. And <laughs> I've got Brent Burns number 88 going right now he's uh still playing um but yeah he's a longtime favorite of mine so yeah sharks have always been one of my favorite teams um this is gonna be this is gonna be a rough topic of conversation so let's lead it right off with uh wyatt we've obviously like i guess we'll have to contextualize things we've obviously seen the sharks jump out to an incredible start this season. Um, just wringing every ounce of talent that, that they can out of that lineup that uh, has just got to get the, the fans in, uh, in Palo Alto excited. Um, but yeah, they're, let's be realistic. They're a minus 42 goal differential through like 11 games. <laughs> um, just allowed 10 goals in back-to-back games. Uh, not even to incredible teams either to Vancouver and Pittsburgh. And uh, things are looking pretty bad. So my question for you is, is this the worst team in NHL history, Wyatt? I don't know if you can slight Vancouver as, as much as you can, Clemens. They're, they are the top of the TSN power rankings. They are a dark horse <laughs> pick for the cup. Tyler Myers is playing as an all-star again. It just seems like everything is coming together for the Canucks. But we'll get to that later. But I've never heard of PDO, I assume, then. So <laughs> I just don't understand how the Sharks are so bad with a with defensive pairings of Mario Ferrero, Ty Embersom, the Vlasic man, Kyle Burroughs, Nikita Ohotiuk, and Jani Rada. So again, I can't Jani <laughs> Yeah. I can't believe they're not stopping like they have allowed 10 goals in back-to-back games with that all-star AHL lineup. It's just, uh, just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but I feel really bad for Mackenzie Blackwood specifically because he is a great goalie and just like, <laughs> is this getting shelled day in and day out, which isn't really fair to him because he's a, he's great and he should do, he should be better, honestly, on a better Speaking team. of which, how the hell have you not dropped him from your fantasy team? <laughs> Like, why are you writing this out, Wyatt? Just, just this bring is, Joseph Wall up from the minors already. <laughs> oh, it's the, because he will go on a run, and this defensive core will improve. And it can't get worse than this because what are you going to do? Fire a coach that's in the last that's the last place, like when they're clearly tanking. Yeah. So the the coach situation, David Quinn, like. I, I don't think he's the right coach. I think he's a bad coach. Um, but that being said, like, what is a better coach going to do with this team? Like, there's no point in firing a coach in a season like this. Um, just ride it out. But it's, it is brutal how bad it's been. So I thought I would try and contextualize just how bad the season has been by comparing to some of the other 
worst mm-hmm. teams of all time. Well, specifically, I want to compare to the, I think it's the 74-75 Washington Capitals. <laughs> so this is a team that is infamous for being probably the worst team in NHL history. Wow. They played an 80-game season and won eight games, lost 67 and tied five. What? They had a goal differential of negative 265, by far and away the worst goal differential of all time in the NHL. <laughs> the only team that comes close to them in terms of like a negative goal differential per game would be like who's completed a season would be the New York Rangers of 1943-44, which <laughs> let me remind you was during the World War II era when a lot of players were off fighting in the war. So the team's <laughs> rosters were gutted for various reasons. Oh, um, crap. So the, the New York Rangers of 43-44 had a negative 148 goal differential in a 50-game season, so just under a three-goal uh, <laughs> negative goal differential. The Washington Capitals, though, at negative 265 in an 80-game season, that's over three goals that they were losing by on average every game. That's, wow. uh Yeah, so let me do the quick math. I'll get my calculator out here. Well, my calculator <laughs> app. So 265 divided by 80, that's... Th- their av- so per game, the other the opponents scored three point three one goals more than them on average. So that's did the they, worst team of all time. Did they just not um, have? Is their goalie just non-existent? They just played. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just assume. <laughs> um. So, so that's the worst team of all time. So now we're going to compare the San Jose Sharks as they are currently doing this season. So this season, they, as I mentioned, have a negative, oh, I think I said 42. It's actually negative 43 goal differential through 11 games. So if we work that out, 43 divided by 11, that means on average their opponents are beating them by 3.9 goals per game. So I said Washington was three, so it's 3.91 versus 3.31. So they are 0.6 goals per game worse than the worst team of all time so far. Um, in terms of points percentage on the season. So the San Jose Sharks have one point through 11 games. If they were to continue this over an 80, if we prorate this over an 82 game season, so one divided by 11 equals 0.090909 multiplied by 82 gives you 7.5 points for the season. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Have they won a game yet? Easily the worst of all time. <laughs> have they won? Have they won a game yet or no? No, they, they have one <laughs> overtime loss. That was that oh. game that Mackenzie Blackwood stood on his head and it went to <laughs> overtime against Colorado. <laughs> uh, and then Edmonton, if Edmonton can't beat them next game, uh, everyone's going to get fired there. So what I'm trying to tell you why it is, the answer is oh. yes. This is the worst team of all time. <laughs> but it's early. Um, that, yeah, that being said, I don't expect this to continue over like a full season like it did for the Washington Capitals in 74, 75. Yeah. But again, contextualize the situation. Think about the fact that this is a team that has existed as a franchise for over 30 years now. Wow. So they've had plenty of time to build, whereas Washington was a, a new franchise at that time. They were just a couple of years out of an expansion uh, team. They consider also the fact that we live in a parody era where there's a salary cap, which also means there's a salary floor. And therefore, <laughs> every team has to be within about 70% of one another in terms of spending from the poorest to the, or from like least expensive to most expensive team. Now, if we actually go to San Jose's cap friendly page, which I'm going to look <laughs> up right now. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm willing to bet that they're not at the floor. I'm willing to bet they're above the floor. I think yeah, they're so above, total yeah. cap space right now. It says three point seven eight four million dollars. So they are using up seventy nine point seven divided by eighty three point five, which is the cap. They are using up ninety five point four percent of the cap right now. Oh my god. So they are basically at an absolutely equal playing field to all of the top teams in the NHL right now in terms of salary spent, which you could not say for any of the other teams that compare against them because any other team that 
has metrics anywhere close to as bad as theirs. We're non-salary cap era. So really the only fair comparison would be to like the Detroit Red Wings from a couple of years ago or the Colorado Avalanche from Jared Bednar's first year coaching. And this team is far worse. So (laughs) I think given the context, given everything, this has to maybe isn't the worst team in NHL history, but is at least the most ridiculously disappointing and Mm. incredibly hysterically bad based on the situation that they find that, that they are in, in the league. Yeah. So how do you, how do you like cheer for this team? How do you, how are you a player on this team? How do you like come to the rank to be ready to shellac 10 goals? Well, I was listening. I was listening to 32 thoughts earlier today and they were talking about this idea of how does the San Jose market rebound from this or even entice people to come to games right now? Because yeah. this is a smallish market team. Like I know San Francisco is the the metro area, which is a large metro area, but they're not in downtown San Francisco. They're outside. They're in like a basically like the Hamilton or Kitchener, Waterloo to Toronto. And um, so they can't draw people from downtown San Francisco as easily. Um, this is a team that needs to be winning to sell out. And they are not winning. <laughs> they are losing horribly. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how they can entice fans to come. And they have, they, I mean, I've been to a Sharks game in San Jose, and it is entertaining. I went mm. back when the guys whose jerseys were wearing were near the top of their game. Yeah. And they skate, skated out of a shark head uh, yeah. onto the ice, and mm-hmm. they – they went on to lose two nothing to Nashville. It was a really disappointing game to watch, but um, <laughs> but there's there's fun stuff that goes on. They have the like the cheer where you do like the chomp motion when they go on the power play. There's like yeah. stuff to do, but it's not enough when the team is this bad. So yeah, I'm sorry. I've been talking a lot, but I just I have <laughs> a lot to say about the San Jose Sharks right now. Um, well, yeah, when when your they- first. Like- when your first line is Fabian Zetterland and Hurdle and what's it and William Eklund or whatever his name is, like it's never that's not a recipe for success. So I feel yeah, bad I for how William bad. Eklund. Why is he good? Is he supposed to be good? Yeah, he's the seventh overall pick from a couple of years ago, and he was like in that draft that was like the 2021 draft when they didn't have a lot of data on the players because of the COVID year. Oh, and okay. a lot of people thought that he could have gone like second or third overall, but he fell to seventh. Yeah. And by all accounts, he's a really talented player, but this has got to be soul crushing oh, for a yeah. guy like that. Yeah. Just so I feel for him. Uncompetitive. Like this is like the most uncompetitive team in the cap era, which is like mm-hmm. an impressive feat. And then everyone's like complaining about like the jets and they can't draw people. But like at least like the Jets are like competitive and like yeah, it's not really because the product on the ice is so bad. It's mainly because like of like how expensive the tickets are. But yeah, how how is San Jose going to bounce back from this? It's gonna be impossible. Yeah, and like that defense, like you've talked about it. All the names <laughs> on that defense are just <laughs> insane to me. And we talked about it before on the last podcast, I think, when we were doing the over under points. Mm-hmm. how they were like the only team that didn't have a defenseman on their power play unit. Well, I have an update for you on their first power play unit. They still do not have a defenseman because despite the fact Jacob McDonald is the power play quarterback, they've decided to make him their third line left winger, according to daily. Amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's so many good defensemen. He couldn't crack the top six. Yeah, so they have too many D's. So you got it. He's got it. He's doing the whole Brent Burns thing. They're just reinventing another Brent Burns just for, yeah. To go forward. Like, I guess it's, it's worked before in the past with the franchise. So look out for 27 <laughs> goal scorer, Jacob McDonald coming at you later this year. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, like team. I f- like LeBanc should be better. I feel like like um, Duclair should be better. I think Granlin should be better. Zadina should be better. But yeah, across the board, this is a this is a flawed team. So 
I'm I'm in it to see like if they want to try to to be the worst team ever, like just go for it. Like just bring up all the San Jose Barracudas players and just see if like an AHL team can beat NHL teams. That'd be fun. So what I'm wondering now with uh, Logan Couture, he was supposed to come back like earlier on in the season, and then they said it, he had a setback. Yeah, I'm wondering how truthful that is. I'm wondering <laughs> how much of a setback he actually had, or if the setback was watching his team on the ice and saying no thanks. <laughs> He just demands a trade. Just like I can't do yeah, this. Like I, I wonder if they're just going to LTIR him and just like not force him to play, or yeah, just find a way to get him. I don't know. It just it's actually better. He hits me as a guy who has a lot of pride, yeah. and I just <laughs> don't know if he wants to come back and play on this team this year. Yeah, it's like it's it's better for his development if he just doesn't play and just like skates and practices on like on his own than it is to play in this in the on this team and if he does come back and play like to what end like why i i guess like at least they would be losing like five to two instead of ten to two or something <laughs> but they're not gonna win like maybe maybe he can play well enough that he can get traded and they don't have to eat too much of the salary i guess i don't know it's just like this is such a bleak time for the sharks and they still have like four years worth of couture like seven years worth of hurdle three years worth of vlasic i'm pretty sure like it's just there's a lot of term left for these guys that should not have a lot of term left and yeah who do you, who do you sell like there's no one to sell on this team jacob mcdonald as a two-way four yeah two yeah that's the thing like you maybe can get something from for hurdle, but he still yeah. costs over eight million a year and no one has cap space right now. So like you'd have to take back some pretty bad contracts. Maybe that's yeah. what they need to do though. Um like, anyway, this is depressing. Just, Let's move on to a different just, uh, but like I think okay, to be the eternal optimist, it can't get bat worse than this. <laughs> like like it's pretty bad right now, but I think like they're that something's gonna something's gonna change, or like I don't know maybe Zadina goes on a run, maybe Mackenzie Blackwood starts playing amazing, and there's no reason to drop him anymore, and then all this stuff just comes up, and they like the St. Louis Blues go on a crazy run and then win the cup. It'll be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's very realistic. Um, and I but, don't, but I. Like the the Shark Tank was so fun to be in. Like I I watched the game mm -hmm. with the Shark Tank, and that was it used to be called the Hewlett Packard Building, <laughs> like yeah, so, HP like Pavilion Center or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like great great time to like it's a great venue, and like I just feel bad for those fans because yeah, these jerseys are sick and they shouldn't be disrespected yeah. by the lack of competitiveness on the on that team. For sure. Like the teal is unreal. And then you got a shark eating a hockey stick on it is awesome. <laughs> no and SJ Sharky, um, great, great mascot, yeah. <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Can't, can't, you know, disrespect SJ Shark Sharky. No. Um, oh, what was I going to say? <laughs> I kind of lost my train of thought. I know, I know which team we're going to talk about next. <laughs> <laughs> No, there was, I feel like there was something else that I wanted to mention, but maybe, oh, I was just going to say like, also it's pretty remarkable how Doug Wilson managed to get out of this whole situation unscathed, basically. <laughs> like he just kind of like left out the, the like Irish goodbye while no one was paying attention and left like the absolute shittiest mess of a team and a cap situation for Mike Greer. I feel so bad for Mike Greer. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Like he's a he seems like a good dude, and like now he has like the worst roster in the world. Yeah. Or did you uh, hear that he that he went and like had a one way conversation with the players? Yeah. Like, like in Moneyball, where like Billy Bean comes down and he's like, "This is what losing yeah. is." Like, yeah. It's like this is like how how is it on the GM to like motivate the players? <laughs> like, because David Quinn is a shitty coach, first of all. <laughs> And because Doug Wilson did such a bad job that I'm going to say it here, he should have his Hall of Fame mem uh, membership revoked, <laughs> even though it has nothing to do with his playing career. Is he? Where is he working now? Who? Who's he with? I, I, don't, know. I don't know. They got a cushy job somewhere else. 
I think I'm, uh, I, I'm starting to feel bad. I think I might remember something about him having like bat, a health issue. Um, um, oh, I think he was, uh, he was in the substance abuse program. Doug Wilson. I think so. Just says he has dealt with a persistent cough since September, though his condition is not believed to be COVID related. All right. Oh, no, that's 2021. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, let's move on to a new subject. So, um, yeah, from one shitty team to another. We can talk about what's going on. Well, there are many shitty teams to talk about tonight. I think that's just like kind of the, the angle so that we're going to be taking. But yes. let's talk about the Senators. Um, the Senators have had a pretty crazy week or two weeks or so at this point mm -hmm. with uh, the Shane Pinto situation, which, again, thanks NHL for all the transparency there. Uh, definitely know why he's suspended for half the season. Yeah. Um, then we got the Pierre Dorian getting fired for the Evgeny Dodonov botched trade situation. Um, that took like what and, two years to decide? Yeah, took eighteen months for them to figure out. And then the the fact that Michael Ann Lauer is just like, why did I inherit all of this shit and no one told me anything about it when I paid nine hundred and fifty million dollars for this garbage team? Yeah. <laughs> so. I uh, maybe I'll toss it to you. Wyatt, what do you think is uh, the more embarrassing of those three things? For well, I guess the Michael Anlauer thing is not embarrassing for the Sens, but the or we could say for the league. Maybe we should say what is the more embarrassing thing for the league of those three Senators storylines? Oh, it has to be the owner calling out the NHL. That is, uh, like Gary must be so angry. And it makes me so happy. And yet Where, he like, can do nothing because this guy has just bought the team. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a there's a GM that's uh, that's being like honest and transparent, or not a GM, an owner that's being like honest and transparent with like the, and like it's not, he's not like upset, he's just like frustrated. He's like, what? Like I, they did not tell me anything about these two rulings coming down when I bought this team, like. Thank you for being like open about this because Gary's an awful human being. And like, this is like more, and I just feel like he has like the owners in such a chokehold that like no one can speak out. And this new guy comes in, he's like, what are you going to do? Kill, like decline the sale. <laughs> like he just, I think he has nothing to lose. And I'm just so happy that like this guy is running the team now. Cause I don't know if he, Melnick would do that. Like if he would like, I think he would back Gary pretty much, but again, like not disclosing all that stuff to him, like, and then having a press conference where he's like, I wouldn't have bought this team if all this stuff was coming out, which is just wild. And like, who knew that covering up sexual assault would be less of a severe charge than uh, not disclosing a, a team, a trading team list, but yeah, uh, that's the end of now. You're jumping the line a little bit there, Wyatt, in terms of our uh, order of things. But yeah, that is <laughs> the parallel For, that I was going to draw. I'm, I'm, allu I'm alluding to alluding you're, to. Yeah, you're, you're giving an, uh, an amuse bouche for what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. Like you got like I feel bad for Dorian. I think he was just like a lame duck GM that was going to get fired eventually. And like what like he's made a lot of really bad like errors with the salary cap and stuff like that. So like clearly that wasn't going to be he wasn't going to do well, like in that situation, but I don't know. Like I just love owners calling out Gary and like more owners should do that. I want all, I want everyone to call out Gary cause he's an awful human. Agreed. Um, and on the Dorian front, it's been interesting to see like a lot of people come to his defense too, and just talk about all the great deals that he signed their young core to like locking up Stutzla and Sanderson and uh, Kachuk in particular, maybe to a lesser extent, Norris and Shabbat, but locking up these guys at reasonable cap numbers. But the funny thing is people are praising these things, and yet the team has still not been to the playoffs in what, like seven or eight years or something like that? Yeah, um, speaking of which, this is like year three of the unparalleled success at this yeah. point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Oh, that famous quote. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Eugene. <laughs> um, but also Brady Kachuk in the midst of year three of unparalleled success is having to go out there and blast the fans for booing the team and not supporting the team when really like it seems like he is trying to just deflect attention from DJ Smith who is probably going to get fired showing the door the same way that uh, Pierre Dorian was mm-hmm. in the near future I would have to guess if things continue like this um yeah, the funny how, thing is, like, there's just are they, are they really bad? Sorry? How bad? Are they? How bad are they? Like, what's their record? They were four and six last time I checked. Okay, and they were last in the the Atlantic Division. Oh, that's uh, let me just see. Yeah, they're still they're four and six, last in the Atlantic Division. Oof. Um, yeah, so not great, and I still think it's yeah. I think maybe like to get back to what you're saying about the Dadanov penalty being so severe, the first round pick for Pierre Dorian's incompetence, basically. Um, <laughs> it's pretty rough. It's pretty wild though. Like you said that players teams get penalized so much more for such seemingly, I don't know, just like, the seemingly stupid th- or trivial things yeah. by comparison so, to like so sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, like, like you look at the Shane Pinto suspension alongside this too, like the double whammy of the senators losing a guy for 41 games, which was apparently negotiated down from a full season, which is what the NHL wanted to levy against him. Uh, just because it sounds like he lent his account out to someone else and they bet on something that we don't know about. We still don't have the details on. And apparently so, it wasn't didn't bet on hockey. So like yeah. what what's the and then but then the who's the helmet sponsor for the senators? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's bet a 99 or something. 99. And so you're like, uh, what where what is going on right now? Like yeah. that was a- the other thing that's really funny uh in regard to that is the with with the Pinto suspension coming down. The lack of NHL transparency goes beyond just like in the disrespect goes beyond just their fan base because apparently tons of players were panicking immediately after that suspension because they were like, I have a betting account. Am I going to get suspended for half the year? Because <laughs> they were like, like, I bet on other sports or like in the, and so like yeah. apparently tons of players were reaching out to the NHLPA right after that suspension because the NHL has given no transparency on what happened for the suspension to warrant the suspension. And like, we're wondering if they were going to get suspended the next day. It's like a day of reckoning. It's like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy, I can't do anything outside of my work. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so Shane Pinto gets 41 games. The Sens get slapped with the first-round pick. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks just have a second player come forward to who was uh, allegedly sexually assaulted by Brad Aldrich, and they still have Connor Bedard. So... It's very frustrating as an NHL fan, seeing where the priorities lie, uh, seeing just like the lack of transparency from the league, but the lack of transparency at the same time, revealing where their priorities are. And just seeing the Chicago Blackhawks get no real repercussions from the whole situation where we've only seen potentially even just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. Like, like you want to like, and we talk about this so much. Like we want to every like episode. <laughs> it's like another thing comes out, and another thing comes out, and like it's just like so frustrating to deal with. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to like love a sport so much, but hate a league that is the main league for it so much at the same time. Again, do you think it's just Gary? I think it's just Gary. I think if Gary's gone, everything. I works think it's out. a sport. Thing. Like, I think the NHL is particularly bad, but like, I'm just thinking about it. Like, I love soccer and international soccer, and FIFA is just as corrupt and shitty, if not more so. Yeah. So, like, sports are just shitty. <laughs> <laughs> New name um, podcast. <laughs> uh, right. yeah, like, how am I wonder how this is going to like impact like their the people that want to like follow this sport knowing mm-hmm. that like like and again like I think also there's it's a Canadian market so that's why Ottawa has been like kind of 
shit kicked throughout this is if they were an original six franchise or if they were based in like the states i think it would be less of a severe issue yeah which is yeah, like cynical, i think it's like realistic it is it is pretty like funny though like how they are a punching bag when they just have a new owner who paid a record amount for the team <laughs> yeah like uh yeah Year three, I can't wait for year four of unparalleled success. <laughs> I wonder, wonder, like, it just seems like it's just getting worse. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like the Dean curse. On the <laughs> <team>. <laughs> like, uh, so I think the only reason, only way that they can get out of this is having Michael Anlauer, uh be interviewed by who? Um, who's an awful player on that team? I don't know. Uh, Mark Borowiecki. But not, but not Mark Borowiecki because he doesn't play on that team anymore. But like um, Jacob Bernard Docker or someone <laughs> like that, or having uh, someone like a who's the worst defenseman? No, they need oh, like, yeah. like Chris Tierney or something like that. Like, if Travis, is he still on the team? Travis, Travis Hamanick interview. Oh, Hamanick's the guy. <laughs> Hamanick's the guy for sure. Yeah, Michael Anbauer. And just I, I think they just need to do that to get rid of the curse, reverse it. Mm hmm. <laughs> oh if they did like a sarcastic kind of like mocking tone version of that where they're like making fun of it and it's just like talking about like five years of unparalleled like victimization or like getting like screwed by the league or something like that instead just, yeah, do just it, like, do, like -faced. do an us against the world thing yeah I think that yeah why not they have nothing nothing to lose at this point right? <laughs> they've already yeah, lost like everything but but do you know why they're doing so poorly, Coins? Because they don't have Artem Zub back. And once Artem Zub comes back, look out. There's their Nick Lindstrom on on the defense. Like he's just gonna he turn is, this. Team. He is a more meaningful piece to that team than he has any right to be. Like when you think about yeah. Artem Zub, uh, you don't really think of like stalwart number one defenseman on an NHL team. But I don't know. He he's a surprisingly important piece for them. Yeah. And an important piece for a lot of people's teams, yeah. fantasy otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So maybe we can uh, transition away from that to talking about the whole Jack, Jack Campbell on waivers fiasco. Yes. Justice beat the Blues, Coimans. Speaking of year five of unparalleled success, woo! I hope Craig Brewery gets fired tonight. I think you we'll mean see. year five of just absolute mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> 500 hockey. Oh, oh man, get a yeah. I want Brendan Dillon to interview. Um, <laughs> so be honest. <laughs> are you trying to put a winner together, or are you just trying to get two home playoff dates? <laughs> I just want people to buy expensive alcohol at my yeah. That's, that's all I care about. We actually, we actually came out with a new playoff cocktail that we're really uh, excited <laughs> to, to debut. Playoff cocktail, amazing. <laughs> it's called the Whiteout. It's just by Joe in a cup. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you drink it, you'll be whited out. <laughs> you will not. Or because it's like drinking liquid whiteout. Yeah, it's like gasoline, right? <laughs> Jet fuel. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it jet fuel. <laughs> nice. There we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, like, just put us in the in the NHL, and we'll make it so much better. Hmm. Yeah. What what what's the worst that could happen if we got the the keys to the PR machine for the league? Um, yeah. I just want more mock videos. <laughs> yeah. So Jack Campbell, everyone's uh, favorite, just like oh shucks, Ooh. kind kindly spoken i'm assuming christian goaltender um was put on waivers today so it's a big blow for him just like barely a year after signing his five by five deal with the yeah. oilers um what do you think comes next for the oilers at this point so they're they're like what are they two eight and one and just can't figure it out. Goaltending is sinking them. But do you think it's actually a goaltending thing or do you think it's a team thing, a team defense thing? Do you think it like Jack Campbell scapegoating him onto waivers? Is that actually going to solve anything? Well, did Jack Campbell play the last game where they got blown up by the Canucks? Yeah. 
No way, no. So, Stuart Skinner did. <laughs> so you're you're putting your backup goalie on waivers to send like a message to Stuart Skinner. Like, I just seems like a very strange method of like, oh, I have no other moves to make. Um, but again, as a fantasy GM who refuses to send down a bad goalie, uh, I don't really understand why. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't even know why they're sending Campbell down. Like, I think it's just like their goalies are just not good. Like Skinner is what 800 save percentage. Campbell, I think is 800 save percentage. Like you're not going to win with any of those save percentages. Like regardless of like how many goals you score, like if you keep letting in all these like six or seven or eight goals, you're not going to win. So I think it starts and ends with goalies, really. Do you think that Jay Woodcroft is in trouble at all? Yeah, probably. Like, I don't know what. I actually never understood what he brought to the team initially. And then, like, I think Jay Woodcroft really benefited from, like, having McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, like, that's a nice little cheat code. And then, like, you have, like, one goalie would get really hot, like Campbell and Skinner would suck. And then it would just reverse the fortunes. And then... He was always riding the hot goalie. So it just seems like, I don't know, when you're playing, uh, you know, Darnell Nurse like 28 minutes a night, that's never going to be a recipe for success. Yeah. So so I guess our verdict, Jay Woodcroft on the hot seat because he's not really bringing too much to the team, it seems. But yeah, I think he's also think being done by like 850 save percentage goaltending right now. So yeah, I think uh, they need to bring in Daryl Sutter. Like just bring in a hard nosed coach. <laughs> imagine the manage. Imagine just the chaos in Alberta if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Just call him up on the farm, being like, "Hey, you want to come up north?" No, I'm sure. Like, how far is Viking from Edmonton? <laughs> yeah, it can't be that far, right? Yeah. So yeah, just call him up, being like, "Hey, we sh you should come coach the team," and that would be amazing. Again, another great storyline for the NHL to to follow. Yeah, I, I, I'm here for it. I wonder, though, like, so if Jack Campbell is on waivers, he passes, I'm assuming no one's picking that up, and he goes down to the AHL. Um, then they have Stuart Skinner. I don't even know who their backup is in this situation. Um, oh, uh, Cal Picard. Cal, okay. Um, well, he apparently has been unbelievable in Bakersfield. Like, 939 okay. save percentage. Like, he's, like, like kind of reinvented. Re refound himself or reinvigorate himself so if yeah, they can find i guess he's the literally the hottest goalie on, on that in that franchise so he'll probably get a couple of starts and see if yeah, that happens sure. yeah give him a shot why not but like let's be real kyle picard is not the answer <laughs> for the edmonton oilers to win a stanley cup like he's not backstopping them to a stanley cup i think i feel pretty I safe saying that I don't think the other two goalies either i don't think campbell no. or are that quality either so if that's the case, what do the Oilers do? What does Ken Holland do? Like what? Like assuming that Cal Picard is not the answer net, which I don't think he is. Um, are there any goalies out there that they can get for a reasonable yeah. price? Do you think? I think they could trade for Ilya Samsonov. I think that like worked. <laughs> that worked last time with Campbell for a bit. So like, just keep just keep feeding them for more Toronto goalies. Maybe Matt Murray when he gets healthy would be a good yeah, fit sure. there. Yeah. But yeah, then like and then just have Joseph Wall just take over the starters net and just have him they, they missed the boat on Yaro Halak because he just signed a professional tryout with Carolina. He was yeah. the guy who was out there as a veteran who I think could realistically have played better and like given them serviceable goaltending potentially. How old is he now? He must be up there. He's like thirty seven or thirty eight, maybe he's pretty old, but like he's always been better than you think. And even last year when he didn't play like to his best ability, I think he still was like around league average goaltending. Like yeah. if I look, I'm going to look it up right now. Um, yeah. Like I think, I don't know what other goalies are out there though. Like they would have to trade somebody, um, trade for somebody, but like, I don't know a lot if a lot of teams are like I don't know if there's enough, enough goalies out there that they can find someone that can take the reins and run with it, but yeah, it's it's a tough situation for them. I 
I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, like, I guess <clears throat> there are some teams that have three goalies, but most of those teams need them or they're, they're not performing to the ability that they should be. Um, I'm just trying to think if there are any teams out there that should be on, like, should be trading one of their goalies, like someone who I think of that has been on the market supposedly for a while that could be made available potentially is John Gibson from Anaheim because Lucas Dostal has played really well this season. He's showing that he's kind of the goalie of the, of the future and potentially the present. Yeah. So they could do that, but they're in such like the thing is Anaheim is actually in a playoff position right now. Yeah. And a big part of that is because they have two goalies that they can reliably go to. So you don't know if they want to like tank that to get more assets and keep rebuilding for the future when they already have such a deep prospect pool. It's like, I guess make it deeper, but I don't know. They, that, that could be a possibility if, if Edmonton oh, wants oh, to really like hear me out. Truck. What about Mackenzie Blackwood? If you can trade for him and then he gets on a better team, he's a good goalie. And then he just kind of goes in a run with that team. Imagine if the Sharks flip him right now. Like they they paid a sixth rounder for him and Mackenzie Blackwood of the current like 880 save percentage and like four point something goals against average gets them like a third round draft pick or something. Like it's, right? it's like huge. <laughs> because they need a goalie. So like, yeah, get Blackwood in there. I don't know. I think Kakin is not very good. But yeah, like get Blackwood in there, like and just just run it. Run run the town with uh you know, he would Blackwood has been good in the past, so he could be better going forward. It is strange though. I feel like there's usually like a goalie or two just hanging around, like still unsigned or like clearly available that could fix things for teams. Like you I remember hearing about like James Reimer for so long in the last couple of years as like that type of guy or um, well, Gibson, like when it looked like Anaheim was just bottoming out completely and they're going to trade him. It really doesn't feel like there's that much available now, especially with Hellebuck having signed his extension before the season. Um, if only um, like Phil Kessel could play goalie, that would be, that'd be nice. Yeah. Cause someone's got to let him keep his Iron Man streak going. Imagine you guys. <laughs> We're signing Kessel as a goalie, and he's going to start the remaining 70 games of the season. <laughs> it can't get much worse than that. <laughs> or they just like permanently play with six people on at all times and just yeah. have like a, a player goalie. So this is going to be a shorter podcast for sure, but I think I'd like to just wrap things up a little by talking about uh, the fact that it's not just Edmonton that's suffering in Alberta right now. The Calgary Flames have been pretty – awful um they currently have a better record than edmonton at three seven and one uh but what do you think do you think that there's any chance that the flames can dig themselves out of this hole do you think there's any chance that they end up being better than edmonton at the end of the year speaking of a gm who doesn't have to be accountable for all his moves before he (laughs) left like uh tree living did wonders with like that huberto trade like that might be like the worst contract in the league now. Like that's yeah. No, there are there are a few on that roster that really do reek of San Jose Doug Wilson, San Jose Sharks. Yeah, like like last year I thought it was a blip for him, but it looks like it's continuing into this year. Like I don't know how many points he has, probably like two or three. It's but, bad. I have him on one of my fantasy teams and he's been unplayable. It's just yeah. brutal. And then like Kadri is a shell of his former self as well. And Markstrom isn't playing well, like like and Hannafin wants out. I think they're not like I think they're gonna trade him in the deadline. Like I think they're just gonna sell off and just like do a do a little rebuild. And it sucks well, you know for like, <clears throat> which is another like young GM that's trying to like break himself into this and now he has yeah. to deal with all this stuff. Well, you know what? I, after just saying that there are no goalies out there on the market, I wasn't oh, really thinking. Um, Markstrom could be, but I like Dan Vladar to be honest. Yeah, I so is the one that I would kind of circle if I were the Edmonton Oilers. And I know that 
those two teams don't like doing business with each other, but they have su- had a surprising amount of player overlap in the last like 10 years. Um, yes. I could see Dan Vladar being better than Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell easily, easily in Edmonton. He's been good like in the past, like he's been like solid when called upon. I don't know if he can handle like a full load of the year, but he can, he can do pretty well in short term. Because right? the real, the, the realist, or sorry, the, I'm losing my words. It's been a long day of parent teacher <laughs> interviews. Um, the reality of the situation is that Dustin Wolf should be in the NHL. He's like the most overripe goalie in the AHL at this point. Yeah. Um, he should probably be starting instead of Markstrom, if we're being honest, just based on how Markstrom has been playing the last two years. So they should. I, I feel like that move is coming, especially if they don't win or go on a big win streak in the next like two to three games. I feel like there are a few car there are a few cards that you can play before you tear it all down, and one of them is just like we have this hot young goalie. <laughs> Yeah, not not speaking sexually, but this this like <laughs> goalie who is playing well and by all accounts is like a a great prospect who should be in the NHL. Let's bring him up. Let's see if injecting a bit of youth and potential into the lineup changes things, changes the mix, and like gets a win streak going. Mm-hmm. And I I hate to say that as a guy who has Jacob Markstrom in my fantasy pool in my keeper league, but. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that would be a move that I would make. And I think that they should probably trade Dan Vladar. I don't see the reason why they have him at this point. Is he a free agent at the end of the year? Um, I don't remember if he has one or two years left. Okay. But I can quickly check. Yeah. You're saying Dan well, Vladar, yeah, right? Like... Vladash, isn't it? Isn't it Vladash? I don't know. It might be. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I think I, that why, why I'm thing. so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the, that's definitely the best move to make, but I don't know how, like, I guess they've made moves beforehand, like between Edmonton and Calgary, but yeah, like probably you can get him for like, what a third round pick, maybe fourth round pick. I yeah. Know. I could see them bumping it up to a second because it's Edmonton, but yeah, I feel like that's a pick that they're willing to, to offload because they need to figure this this out. Um, the other thing I was hearing about Calgary is that they're like starting to maybe consider moving out some of their veteran defensemen because the mix just doesn't seem to be working. So, like guys Anderson? like Zadorov, Chris Tana, maybe Hannafin, um, oh, wow. probably not Rasmus Anderson, but. No. Like Hannafin was like apparently like days away from signing a big, a huge contract extension, and then he said, "Let's just wait and see when he was seeing how the team was playing." So, yeah, yeah that team I, I is a mess right now. I think both those Albert is a mess overall, like in for their hockey teams. And I think like they're not. I think both of them are going to miss the playoffs, which would be crazy, especially for Edmonton, where like they were like perennial cup contenders last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like how many yeah. people picked the picked the Oilers to win the cup going into the season and are just like <laughs> regretting everything right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's rough. I mean, we're not even getting into the problems with the Leafs right now, but there's there's a lot going on for Canadian teams, mostly negative. I guess we could give our kudos to Vancouver, but like I said, uh, this is a team that <laughs> all all advanced stats metrics tell you that it's going to crater at some point <laughs> in the near future. So, Analytics are know. important. It's all about the vibes. The vibes in Vancouver are on fire right now. So, like, I guess what I'm saying is Winnipeg Jets, best team in Canada. Just give give uh, give Nux fans something to cheer about. It's been a long, dark road <laughs> that they've had to deal with. <laughs> and, like, good for them. Their team is finally, like, playing to, like, what they hopefully expect. <laughs> yeah. All, all I'll say is 
that PDO is incredibly unsustainable and the goaltending will get worse. The goal scorers will stop scoring on 25 to 30% of their shots. And so, yeah, yeah. but yeah, sorry, Canucks fans enjoy it while you got it. But don't worry, Jets are medi- mediocre. They're going to be mediocre all this whole year. It's going to be just like a r- run that 500 team into the ground like we always do. So, Okay, so maybe like before we sign out here, let's just make some revised predictions of which Canadian teams are actually going to make the playoffs. Oh, so, boy. Do you think the Oilers are still going to make the playoffs? No, I think they're out. I think they're done. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It's like yeah. wild to think it and say it, but they've dug so much of a hole at this point. Yeah. I think they might be out. Uh Flames. Uh out. Yeah, done. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you. Canucks. I think they're in. Yeah. I think they're in. I think they challenge for the division. I think they like they'll they'll go on a crazy run and this PDO thing will evaporate into nothingness. I'm going to say they're in, but I'm going to say they are a wild card team. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so Jets. Ooh, that's like, they're like the, they just get in by like the skin of their teeth, by like one point in the last game of the season, and then they get swept in the first round like they always do. I'm going to say they miss out on the last day. The Anaheim Ducks qualify instead. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is like, that's fair. I think that's a fair, like, if I'm not, that's been like the, the story for the past like five years. So, yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> like, they're never that bad. They're never that good. They're always like so in the middle. Yeah. Um, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they've been better. I think they're all they're like the Jets. They'll 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 just miss out, I think, by like one or two points. I think they'll miss out by like ten to fifteen points. I still don't have faith. I think that they oh. are gonna come back down. Goal Caulfield gonna go on a run, score all the all the goals. I think he'll still put up fifty goals and they'll be ten to fifteen points out. <laughs> That's amazing. Nick Suzuki can't shut down uh other other teams' best players, no. That defense is just not Good enough. Um, Then Ottawa. They do not make it. Another another year of unparalleled success. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I think there's too much other shit going on in the background right now that they are just not going to make it. Unless they Craig Berube themselves to the Stanley Cup like we were kind of alluding to earlier with some other teams. Um, I mean... DJ Smith is due for a firing and who knows Gerard Gallant or someone like that could step in Claude Julien and just like rocket this team to success. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to say Ottawa's in. I'm going to say it's fired and a new coach comes in and just rockets them up the standings. Um, Toronto. Um. They they get in, and I think they they fix it. It's like they're too good to be this bad. So I think they'll <laughs> they'll do the reverse Canucks, and they'll like that PDO thing will work for them in the long run. They had that crazy comeback over Tampa yesterday. Thought they were gonna. I don't even know what their they, PDO is right now, though. Like they might not even have like a, be on a PDO. They, they like I feel I feel like they they have been playing two results that would be as expected based on their quality of chances. Yeah. But I guess I need to give you my verdict on the Leafs. Um, yeah. I mean, you know me, I'm a pessimistic Leafs fan, if nothing else, but I can't see them missing the playoffs. I think that there's still enough talent there that it'll will them into the playoffs, even if they're a severely flawed team. Yeah. You got Big Willie Styles. He he'll he'll do well. Yeah, he's due for like a hundred points this year. I think it's a pretty uh, yeah. When you've got Big Willie Styles, when you've got like just the uh, God, I can't speak. Pedo mustache, <laughs> Austin Matthews. 
<laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a little, little Mitchy Marnie, yeah. And the, and the youthful energy of, uh, like, of just like a guy who knows how to rank his teammates in order of ability, <laughs> Mitch Marner. Give me yourself. You've got, you've got a winning combination. <laughs> and don't forget Ryan Reeves just dragging them all down to <laughs> to the bottom with him. Oh yeah, so. I can't believe I can't believe we didn't talk about the least lack of response to Timothy Lilligren getting injured because that's been dominating TSN for the past like two days. Yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I guess like if Ryan Reeves was playing in that game, I don't even know if he was because I don't get TSN games up here. Um, <laughs> like Ryan Reeves is signed to his deal to deal with shit like that. If he didn't, then like why do we have him on the team? But again, I've always thought why why do we have him on the team? So I don't care. Just yeah, buy him out. Just to bury him in the minors. Or having Tyler Sarkeesian like laugh laugh at him and that kind of thing as well, yeah. And like like that shot of him like laughing when everyone is so serious. Like, look at the culture of this team is so bad. No, it is a bad culture. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> like you you've got a guy in like Austin Matthews who is an incredibly talented player, but there just seems to be something missing for sure. Like, there's. Yeah some just like some character flaw that just feels like he doesn't have the ability to i don't know like like some might see it as a positive attribute and i think that's what people try to argue is like his inability to like show his expression on his face when things are going badly or to stand up for his teammates or to get riled up when someone's pushing him around or like slashing him or something like that but yeah i find it concerning to be honest it yeah. feels like like we need guys who will respond a bit more. Well, uh, it could be worse. Cause you could have Shifley. That's <laughs> a long term. Yeah, who uh, respond far too much by like almost paralyzing a player who was just putting an empty net goal into the. Well, look how angry he was. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, like look at that. No, you're response. right. I'm, 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 I'm doing exactly what TSN wants me to do. I'm following that stupid narrative. So. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just broken by that friggin' team. But yeah, the, the Leafs are gonna make the playoffs and then they'll be disappointing in the playoffs. That's my prediction. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> same like the same as the Jets. <laughs> yeah, Except same as it ever was. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I just feel like at this point, my conclusion based on this whole Canadian team exercise is no Canadian team is coming home with the cup at the end of this year. And there's the jinx that will reverse the curse. There we go, Coimans. <laughs> you can thank me later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we are back. <laughs> uh, right, yeah, so, uh, be, should be a good. I'm wondering to see how these Canadian teams will respond. But yeah, it might be a very low record of Canadian teams actually in the playoffs. Like, yeah, yeah, I could see it being like one team. Yeah, which would be Canada's team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ottawa Senators. <laughs> the unparalleled success. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I don't know who's like like Dallas Aikens getting a third a third shot at things and bringing oh, the team all yeah. the way to the Stanley Cup. Didn't wasn't there a story where he like refused to have donuts in his like press conferences, where he like <laughs> made the reporters eat like fruits and vegetables? He's <laughs> like. Easy, Nathan McKinnon. Just like, yeah, like <laughs> nine uh, so people essential, essential rights. <laughs> yeah, go Sharks. Go Sharks. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Sharks game has just started up. Let's see. It's been maybe oh, like God. seven minutes of play. They're up one nothing. Hey, look who didn't drop Blackwood. There we go. <laughs> and who's in net for the Sharks? Blackwood. It's Blackwood. Okay. Congrats. Yeah. A thousand safe percentage. Maybe, maybe all of my pessimism has been for naught. Maybe everything will fix itself naturally. However, Jake Allen has a 556 safe percentage today. So, that's <laughs> so just again, just if it's not one goalie, it's another one. So 
Uh, yeah. 17.35 goals against average. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. Well, it's been a pleasure, Wyatt. <laughs> it's been great. Yeah. Hopefully you can get some, some rest and relaxation. Yeah. I'll lie down in bed and uh, dream of not doing another round of parent teacher interviews tomorrow. Woo. Yeah. Have a good one, man. Thanks. See you later.